When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I like that. That's some uh, good music. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen the Black Crows live since probably like 2011 at the Ryman in Nashville. Uh, speaking of Nashville, that's where SEC Media Days is. And we're going to drop a little audio for our next guest. See what he thinks about uh, Jimbo Fisher talking about what he's going to do and what Bobby Petrino is going to do. I don't think anybody knows what anybody's going to do. But anyway... This is the Out of Bounds Show brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue, the official health care provider of the Out of Bounds Show, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. This is Jimbo Fisher yesterday at SEC Media Days. There's a lot of things, and you're still involved with what goes on. I'm not going to get into what we're doing, how we're doing it. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to avoid anything. I just don't want to create, you need to create advantages and narratives out there for what goes on. But listen, Bobby was hired for a reason, and he's a tremendous coach and tremendous guy and a tremendous Football minds, tremendous recruiting. He's done a great job recruiting since he's been there. Uh, everything he does, and uh, you know, he'll call a lot of. I mean, hopefully he'll call the games. We we'll have suggestions on things we do, and whether it's offense, defense. Every coach is always involved. That's it's a more collective thing than people want to give it room for. And then when, but when you get to call and you get on a roll, you got to have a guy that can do it. And I think Bobby can definitely do that as well as anybody in college football. <laughs> Tom Luganville joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Lugs, uh, who's going to call plays in College Station? <laughs> uh, Bobby Petrino, as long as everything's going well. <laughs> I mean, at, at the end of the day, Bo, um, and he is right, you know, and, I, and I've been a part of coaching staffs, and, and it is a collaborative process, and you are putting things together during the week. But at the end of the day, there, there kind of has to be one voice, right, that is leading the charge of how you're going to call the game, manage the game, what you're going to do on third and minus three, what you're going to do on, on second and plus eight on the right hash, like all of those sorts of things. And I think that the process throughout the week is very collaborative and you are going to come up with the ideas based off of what the opponent's doing that you think gives you the best advantages and the best matchups. But until you're in the fire, right? Until that game starts being played and whether momentum is going against you or it's going with you, or let's just say you stalled a little bit and you've had a three and out on two consecutive series, you don't know what the head coach is going to do, especially if he is a guy that's been accustomed to running the offense his entire career. So 
I, I think in theory and on paper, ideally, Jimbo envisions this as being Bobby's offense. And if I see something during the course of a game or I have a feel for something as the head coach, it's my right to chime in, give a suggestion, or even give a directive. And <laughs> how that relationship works out, and I use that term on purpose, <laughs> how that relationship works out is going to be very, very interesting. I mean, I, I think it's one of the most fascinating dynamics we're going to see in college football this year. Okay, so we know that coaches, the overwhelming majority of them, have very strong personalities. And strong. I mean, it's very rare, even the assistants, that, that you come across these guys that are passive. Uh, I mean, you know the right. drill, Todd. This is an alpha-led, yeah. driven deal. 100% all the time. Um, and paranoia-led as well. I oh, guess. yeah. I've always said if you can get the <laughs> right combination of paranoid, hard-headed, and, you know, paranoid, hard-headed, and driven, then you, you can get a, a great coach. But the these two guys are not going to change Jimbo's mid to late fifties. Bobby's older than that. I, they're not going to change at this point in in their career. So when the let's say the stuff hits the fan down in Miami, week two, yeah, then I think that's when we're going to realize exactly how this thing is going to play out and maybe how it could work or not work. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. And it might be a little premature because, you know, you're trying to figure out, you know, who you are and you got new terminology and you got a new approach and, you know, you're, you're shifting philosophies and, you know, there's no preseason games. Um, but I, I do think there's a certain expectation level with, with Texas A&M's talent, particularly within their receiving core, which is really, really good. Um, there's going to be an expectation to perform at a high level early. And I think, a lot of that expectation comes from the fact that we've seen Jimbo not excel at adapting and evolving to the game. But we've also seen Bobby Petrino do just that. Bobby True. Petrino could go from Brian Brom and Ryan Mallett to Lamar Jackson, and he evolved. Okay, So I think that because of that, and people have seen that, they're expecting maybe less of a learning curve. They may maybe expecting fewer potholes in the road, but the reality is it might take a few weeks. It might be go. It might go beyond that game. Um, but I think that uh, the whole thing, in my opinion, it 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 really is going to be based on how does Jimbo respond if you have a bad series or two. How does Jimbo respond? if Bobby calls something on third and four and Jimbo would have called something different, mm. what does he do? Like what, what type of friction, what type of conflict is it on the headset? Is it in the locker room? Um, can it be heard amongst the team? Which is, of course is something you want to really avoid at all costs. Like what does Jimbo do? And I think that's what this whole thing kind of, kind of depends on. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. 
I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Okay, Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Kind enough to uh, rearrange his schedule for us this week, and we're talking Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino. I think it's going to be one of the most fascinating stories, storylines, two successful men, driven men. Jimbo needs to win. Petrino's looking for one last reboot. I don't know where it could lead, but he knows if he has a big year and he does lead the offense, it could maybe lead to something pretty cool the next few years. Sure. Do you think it's dawned on Jimbo Fisher? Because Bobby Petrino's better than Jimbo Fisher as an offensive coach. Do you think that has do you think Jimbo Fisher has realized that in the last whatever it is, three, four, five months, as they've sat down and discussed offensive philosophy or watch tape? Luke's with his ego? Absolutely not. I didn't think so. <laughs> um, but you, you do have to give him credit, just like you have to give Dabo Sweeney credit for the offseason move that he Yes. Made, that, you know, it, it. we're getting to the point now where it ultimately falls on the head coach. And in the and and I, if I'm going to preserve my own legacy or my own career or my my job, for that matter, if things aren't going well or haven't been going well to the level that has been expected under my leadership offensively, you have to give Jimbo Fisher credit. And let me tell you something. He went out and he got a guy that is about as good of an offensive football coach as you will find over the last 25 years in college football. Yes. So that does tell that does tell you that, and and we're talking about two pretty combative at times personalities on the <laughs> same staff, and one of them's relinquishing the offense to the other. Now think just think about some of those personality dynamics there. I mean, there's there's there there's a lot to that. So Jimbo Fisher deserves a lot of credit. Does that mean he thinks Bobby's a better coach than him? I don't know if I'll ever believe that. Okay. All right. Have have you had some one on one? Tom, I mean, I feel like you've had one-on-one time with just about everybody in college football the last 20 yeah. years. But have you had some, you know, one-on-one time with Bobby Petrino over the last 15, 20 years? I, I have. I have on, on a few occasions. Um, well, number one, he's a West Coast guy, and I'm a West Coast guy originally. And he, when he was a younger coach, he was, you know, in Idaho that was during the time when my dad was at San Diego State and the Aztecs were pretty prominent. Marshall Falk and all those guys were there. There were everybody was running the 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 one back offense, the the Dennis Erickson stuff. That was when that stuff got super popular, um, and the stuff that um, 
oh, uh, the former coach at uh, at Washington State that had gotten the job at Alabama briefly. Oh, Mike Price. Yeah. Mike Price was doing some of those spectacular things offensively in the one-back set. So there were a lot of commonalities there. And so he would recognize my last name, and then that would turn into a, you know, a discussion about football or coaches or who mm-hmm. we knew and things of that nature. And then it just so turns out um, – a guy who was a GA for my my father at, at Arizona State in the in the in the early '80s, uh, who later went on to become an NFL um, uh, scout for close to 30 years, uh, he ends up becoming the director of player personnel at Louisville when 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 Bobby was there the second time, and oh. so um, I had an opportunity to, which is rare because Bobby doesn't really let a lot of people near the near the program, but I had an opportunity to go in there, spend a few days talk ball, talk recruiting, you know, sit down with coach. Um, you know, it's interesting. You just, he's a very, very unique personality. You know, he's rough around the edges. He's not over, he can come off as not overly friendly, but I know a lot of, you know, Mark D'Antonio was like that. Dave Doran can be like that. Dan was like that for years. He's, he's mellowed and salt, but man, Mullen had his guard up pretty hard and heavy the first you know, several years he was a head coach. And that's an Urban Meyer thing. Yeah. That's an Urban Meyer thing. Yeah. Because that's all he's known. And, um, and you know, Urban's like that. But then when you actually sit down, have some conversation, find some common denominators that um, – and for me, I was always able to for – for, for a lot of coaches, especially some of the ones that were, let's just say, 50 and above, 55 and above, pretty pretty good chance that somewhere along the way I know somebody that they know. Right. And then mm-hmm. that's a good kind of icebreaker. You start talking about, you know, common relationships or and then it gets into to football or, you know, recruiting oftentimes becomes a big part of the of the puzzle because um, they know my role in that. And so um, with a guy like Bobby Petrino, you know, you kind of have to have some got to have some things to break down his walls a little bit. I can't wait. I can't wait. I just, um, <laughs> it's going to be fun. It, it is, really is because Jimbo is still protected by a massive contract. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, but, but the lease just not, it's, it's unforgiving. This is not the ACC and I, I I'm not taking anything yeah. away from what, whoever's done what over there. And I am impressed with Dabo, but it, it, I just don't see a path for a really big season for them. All right, so let's do get into the quarterback because Mississippi State and Ole Miss both play Texas A&M this year. Ole Miss will host A&M in November, and then Mississippi State will travel to A&M in November. Ah, It's back-to-back week, so it's late in the year. Okay, Connor Wigman, uh, are you – where are you going with this? Do you you feel like he's the guy – and and he can be really thrive under Bobby Petrino at Texas A&M, Tom. Yeah, I do. I do feel that way. I thought he showed a lot of promise last year under very difficult circumstances. True. We had him in the Under Armour All America game. One of the things that I thought really strongly about was how mature he was, and um, he was a little bit ahead of the curve, which meant, like in my mind, okay, maybe this guy could handle having to play early if they needed him to and maybe not have as many struggles as most true freshmen would have. And so um, from that perspective, uh, I was excited to see how, he, how the thing would play out. And I kind of, to be honest with you, 
once that thing started crumbling really early in the season at quarterback, you knew they were going to play him because they were going to be left with no other option. It was like, well, why don't we see what this kid's made of? And if he shows us something, now we got something we can build around for the next two to three years. Um, and, and listen, at the, at the end of the day, uh, look at Bobby Petrino everywhere he's been. Whatever he's doing is extremely quarterback friendly. Yeah. Almost all of the guys have flourished, right? And, and if you good per, get good personnel around him, and if the kid's willing to work and he's smart, which I think Connor is, um, I, they'll be fine. Here's the thing. If they settle in at quarterback, because at the end of the day, that's really, that's really been the problem there. They've got good enough players at every other spot, running back, tight end, sure. wide out, yeah. certainly on defense. You get the quarterback fix, now all of a sudden we're having an entirely different conversation about Texas A&M. I mean, we really are. And, so and, if that comes to fruition, then they're going to be just fine. Tom Luganbill on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line talking Texas A&M, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss play A&M late in the season in November. Ole Miss will host A&M the next weekend. Mississippi State will travel to College Station. Uh, so you're Are you – Pretty confident it'll be Connor Wigman over Max Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will be. Okay. And he's more mobile than I think maybe people think, isn't he? Connor Wigman, that is. Yeah. Yeah. He is. But Max is a little bit more mobile than people think he is, too. He just doesn't look like it. It's kind of deceptive. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's, that's, that should be a heck of a battle because Jimbo already knows what Max brings. He's seen a little bit of, of, of Connor. Now you put them into a different scheme with some different terminology. It's kind of like you press a reset button, and they're both starting, you know, in the starting gates, but they're 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 playing with the same deck of cards. So now it's just going to come down to who beats who out. All right, let's go to yesterday. Brian Kelly was. You don't get a lot from media days. You and I met there like ten years ago, and and you used to go every year. I'm saying you, we media. Yeah. And now you got Twitter and SEC Network and so on, and it's just really not. Not worth it, but uh, maybe to you know go in real quick and bounce back out. But yesterday they asked Brian Kelly. They just man, they just moved right past Alabama and asked Brian Kelly, you know, if he had the talent to compete against Georgia. And he said, uh, "The way we're recruiting, we will, but we don't today." I love the fact that they mm-hmm. didn't even include Bama. We're we're now we we've now got Bamas and you know, afterthought, but how close do you think LSU is to catching Georgia? Um, well, first of all, I think the reason why they just gloss over Alabama, because there's an expectation that's already there. There's, there's a, uh, I guess you, say, you could say a standard that's already been proven to be able to play with Georgia. So they don't include them anymore in the conversation, which they should. I would agree with Brian Kelly, because I think what he's referencing is the, the depth of the football team, the depth of the roster. If you ask Brian Kelly specifically, hey, if you took your ones and their ones, could you compete or beat Georgia? I bet his answer would have been different. Yeah. I bet he would have said yes. But what they asked him was, is where, you know, as a football team and his response to your point right there, and I'm paraphrasing was, well, we're, we're going to be, and he's right. But what he's referencing is depth. He's referencing when a Mason Smith comes off the field is another Mason Smith rotating in there at some positions at LSU right now. The answer is probably yes, but not all of them. 
at Georgia right now? Is the answer yes for just about all of them? Probably so. And I think that's, that's really the difference at the end of the day is the collection of talent that fulfills every position in your twos and threes if you're going to try to make that assessment about where you stand as it relates to Georgia. Okay. I'd like to get your reaction to this quote from Brian Kelly yesterday at SEC Media Days, head coach at LSU. Um, he, up, he opened up on what he likes better about LSU compared to Notre Dame, and I quote, There are rules you have to follow in an environment like Notre Dame, and you can't cross those lines. End of quote. Luke's? (laughs) He's 100% right. Um, In more ways than one, too. Um, And I think the first thing that comes to mind there would be academics, just because there's there's no flex. There's no bend. Um, The line is drawn. If a kid meets, you're fine. If he doesn't and he's close, it doesn't matter that he's close. We're not getting him in. And that's not going to be the case at LSU. If it's close, the guy's a difference maker, and they think they can work with him. they got the academic infrastructure and support, and they've got all the other things in line to help that young man succeed, then they're going to do it. And that's why a Notre Dame will never compete with an Alabama or Georgia or uh, an Auburn or an LSU. Um, They just – they, they won't. And I'll, I'll say this, too, and I, and I know he wasn't asked about it, but I remember vividly this past offseason when, when Marcus Freeman wanted to hire Andy Ludwig from Utah. And Notre Dame wouldn't pay his buyout. If I was Marcus Freeman, I would have got on my phone with the agent that day and said, whatever big job or any type of good job that comes up next offseason, put my name in the hat. You're telling me you're Notre Dame and you want to compete on a national stage and you won't pay off Utah's payout to get their offensive coordinator? That wouldn't even be a question if that was Alabama or LSU or Georgia. Right. It wouldn't even come up in a conversation. No. So I, I agree with Brian Kelly. He's, he, he's right. There's vastly more resources, and, um, and they're directed at football. So he's he's working with a, a wealth of riches. Yeah, I don't know what Notre Dame's future looks like in football. They can't win it. I just don't see a path, Tom. Not with everything you I just agree. went over, and we could go over many other things that they have to. Hurt. They're just not going to be able. They can't even get through a fourteen playoff. They much less a twelve team with Georgia, Bama, LSU, and there's some other ones coming. Uh, Ohio mm-hmm. State's obviously never going to go anywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, don't you agree? It, it, you and I grew up, I mean, I grew up, it, it, you know, late seventies, early eighties or early eighties. I start remembering what's going on. It, it, you know, people talked about Notre Dame, like, you know, did Notre Dame cause they were the thing coming out of world war two. <laughs> I mean, they'll never have the magic or, or a powerhouse program again, in my opinion. Do you remember, do you remember Tony Rice? Absolutely. Did you know he was a prop 48? I did. Now that you said it. <laughs> so let's, let's really put that in context. Late 80s, Notre Dame, and they're taking prop 48. Lou Holtz. When Bob Davey, he, he, Bob Davey took that job, no poor prop 48. That's right. So Lou got them to take what? Like a handful, every, or not even a year, but like a couple per class. Is that right, Tom? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And look what what a difference it made and and what was created. Um and again, different eras, different time. Remember you were you were talking about, you know, post World War II and things of that nature. Well think about their their true, true dominance. It was essentially it came to an end at the rise of cable television in the mm. beginning of the arms race. Yes. Because that leveled the playing field. So a Notre Dame, I'll give you a prime example. So my my dad's San Diego State teams in the early 90s are playing on a Thursday night against UCLA or Miami or BYU in those barn burner games, if you remember those things. Yeah. Right? So, that you know, five years prior to that, you would have never seen those games on TV. You know who you saw on television? A handful of teams. Notre Dame, right. Nebraska, Michigan, <laughs> Alabama, Texas. What? That was it because there was only network television. So the moment everything expanded, all right, and it, it leveled the playing field, it's exactly what it's what crushed Nebraska's program, and they still haven't recovered. No. And let's also not forget during that time. Now we have 85 total scholarships and 105 total players. Back then, you had 105 scholarship players and unlimited walk-ons. Yeah, Bear Bryant and some of those others just loaded up well oh. above the – the scholarship Big limit. Time. So did Notre Dame. Tom Luganville, have a great week. Thanks for working with us. See you, buddy. All right, buddy. See you. National College Football Analyst with ESPN. Luke's joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Want to say good morning. Welcome in to you. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We're always brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. The official health care provider of the Out of Bounds Show, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. Don't forget this week, charbroiled oysters at Drago's Seafood Restaurant and Oyster Bar. Pair it with an ice-cold Michelob Ultra or Stella Artois. Charbroiled oysters, gumbo, maybe a fried shrimp po' boy. Drago's on the property of the Hilton Jackson, Detilier 830.